Welcome back to another edition of the Changemaker Podcast. I'm your host, Deke Copenhaver. Today, my guest is Brittany Doe, which I'm extremely excited about. Brittany is a student at the University of Washington in the Michael G. Foster School of Business and author of Bigger Than Leadership, Stories of Influence, Intention, and Inspiration. For Brittany, leadership is more than just an idea. It's synonymous with practicing intentional influence every day and inspiring others. She's on a mission to prove leadership is not exclusive to people of a certain age, class, or talent. Having studied finance and accounting at the University of Washington, attended a leadership camp at Mount Adams, and been involved with Delta Sigma Pi, UW Finance Association, Global Business Case Competition, Associated Student Body, and Future Business Leaders of America, Doe grasped a big-picture vision of what it means to be an effective leader. However, as a lover of impromptu FaceTime calls, as well as puns and dad jokes, she still likes to have fun every once in a while. Ladies and gentlemen, Brittany Doe. Welcome to the Changemaker Podcast, hosted by Deke Copenhaver. Deke is the author of The Changemaker, a Forbes publishing book that has reached number one on Amazon on multiple occasions and in multiple categories like management skills and total quality management. During this podcast, Deke interviews exceptional change-making leaders. Deke currently operates Copenhaver Consulting, where he helps local governments and other public organizations maximize their potential. He's also a sought-after public speaker. We hope that the change-maker has an impact on you today and that you find takeaways that make you a better leader in your life. Now, here's Deke. Hello, everyone. Hi, <laughs> hey, Brittany, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. It's been a while since we've talked. It has and, been a while. Congratulations on publishing your first book. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of it also. Yeah, absolutely. But I was sharing with you before coming on air that you're 21 years old. I'm like, mm-hmm. I grew up wanting to be a writer, but I didn't publish my first book until I was in my early 50s. So you're so far ahead of me. <laughs> Thank you. Sometimes it feels surreal, honestly. Well, how did you get inspired to write this book? And how are you? I mean, so many people want to write a book, but they they either never do or they can't get it published. So what was the process for you? Yeah, definitely. So what inspired me initially was Mount Adams and the people I met there because I met so many amazing people who had really amazing stories that really struck a chord with me and the way that I perceived leadership and thought about leadership shifted because of those people and because of my experiences so I wanted to talk to other people figure out what their experiences of leadership were like as well as their overall thoughts ideas experiences And then just compile all of that together because I wanted to not only share my thoughts with the world, but other people's as well. In terms of actually going through the process of publishing a book and writing it, I don't think it would have happened without me being at home because of the pandemic, knowing that I was going to have not a lot of things to do over the summer. (laughs) That was definitely one of the main factors because I like to stay busy and I think that writing a book presented an exciting challenge but also an opportunity to really dive deeper into that and to not only stay busy but to continue connecting and meeting with others because I really enjoy that especially now being back in person for school 
it's been really good to officially meet people in person again and just have that connection that you don't really get virtually. So being able to overall think about what I want to do over the summer, as well as um, I was in a book writing program. So I feel like with that community and with that structure, I had enough autonomy and flexibility to create my own path, but also have an idea of what I was doing, what I should be doing, and what to expect for the future. So everything collectively <laughs> resulted in me publishing this book. You know, it's it's fascinating to me that it seems like oftentimes there's a generational bias, right? To where people mm -hmm. say millennials are always on their phones or Gen Z, which you're part of Gen Z, or they can't connect with others. They can't have a conversation. And I, I like to disprove those myths, but you touched on something that I think is very interesting that e even though you're used to doing FaceTime calls and Zooming and all this, it's still not to be able to meet face-to-face had an impact on you. It sounds to me like you would rather, if given the opportunity, meet face-to-face -face and interact with people in that way. Oh, yeah, 100%. Being in person, you're able to see everyone's body language. You're able to see like certain traits and aspects of the person that you just wouldn't be able to get virtually. And I think height is also really interesting virtually compared to in person because a lot of people thought I was taller than I actually was. I also thought some people were taller than they uh, than they perceived to be uh, over Zoom, sometimes shorter. Just overall, you're able to see more of that person. And I think that it's also easier to be more present in person as opposed to virtually because sometimes you are on your phone in order to FaceTime someone and if notifications pop up, then sometimes you might get distracted, which understandable, yeah. but there's just not that same level of engagement and there's usually fewer distractions in person unless you're in a busy environment or area. You know, I, I value conversations and I think, and I've discussed with several of my podcast guests, I think that's why podcasts are blowing up is because people enjoying listening to a good conversation and feeling like they're a part of it. So I recently got into executive coaching. And so I had a session with a client yesterday who came in to Augusta, which is two hours from Atlanta, the capital of the state of Georgia. But so the first half for about an hour, I just listened to him. That's all I do. And he, you know, just basically tells me what's going on in his life and his work. The second half of the second hour, I ask questions and we, but at the end I said, you know, and his name is Deke too, which is just wild to begin with. But uh, I said, how often, you know, these days do you sit and have a two hour conversation with somebody with no cell phones, no nothing. And it's just, it's, it's kind of good for the soul. Oh yeah, I totally agree with that. Just being able to dive into all of the things that matter the most in life and talk about big ideas, maybe something philosophical, philosophical, <laughs> wait, philosophical, oh man, I'm struggling, philosophical, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> yeah, something philosophical, <laughs> and just be able to fully flesh that out with another person who you trust without the honestly easier distractions that are on your phone because sometimes when we're going through the every 
day task of life, you get caught up in doing that. And I know that I'm definitely guilty of packing my calendar sometimes. So I'm just running from place to place and I don't really have that moment to stop, take a deep breath and just talk with someone. And I feel like those days are usually the ones where I'm definitely feeling rushed, of course, but also just not as fulfilled as the days where I do have that ability to take a moment and chat with people as I'm walking from place to place, or maybe I'm waiting for something to start. So I am just seeing if anyone's around campus and that way you are able to build those connections continually. You know, and and I've, I've shared with people, I always look for the silver lining in things. And so for you, you started your book during the pandemic because you had time and you're under lockdown. But one of the greatest blessings I've found from the pandemic was I was able to connect with leaders from all walks of life, from around the globe, yourself included. And it gave me hope in humanity because I think all too often when, and I've talked about this too much probably, but all we see a lot of times in the mainstream media or the social media or in politics are the extremes. And I'm sitting there going, I've met like-minded people from around the world of all ages and walks of life that just want to work together to make the world a better place. And that's one of the things that I love about your generation is you're so interconnected. And I'll just share a story so we can give a shout out. But when you and I first met and you were interviewing me for your book, I made mention of a young man in Spain that I met Jericho Ogden. And I'm, I, so I brought his name up and said, it's great to see all these young leaders, yourself included, from around the room, around the world. And you're like, oh, yeah, I know Jericho. I'm like, what? How do you know Jericho? So how do you know this young man that was named, I think, one of the top 100 young leaders in Spain? How did you guys connect? Yeah, so... That's a great question, and I do remember that um, small, <laughs> world, small world, for sure. <laughs> yes. Um, we met because he was also in the same book writing program as I was, and we were, were both talking about leadership. So I messaged him on LinkedIn, asked if he wanted to talk sometime, and basically he ended up being one of my interviews for the book, and it was just really incredible to be able to not only connect with someone from across the world but also just listen to their story and again all of these people are coming from different walks of life i ended up meeting some people in the uk meeting some people in australia just so cool to be able to talk with people from such a large time zone difference and be able to know that they as well as everyone else in the world is having their own life every single day and no matter what no matter how far away we are physically they we are a lot more similar than we think and just recognizing that for what it is i think is really I, valuable. I couldn't agree more and but it, it's interesting Brittany. you you've connected with leaders all over the world and we had had a discussion before coming on air that in some people's minds they associate, you. well, you have to be a certain age to lead or you have to be from a certain socioeconomic background. And that's not at all true. 
but I'd love for you to share your perspective on that and some of the stories of the people that you interviewed for your own book. Yeah, definitely. I think that a lot of people have that perception, especially some people who might be younger. They might think that they can't be a leader because they're not old enough. They don't have the proper amount of experience. If there even is a level of experience that someone needs to have, because I think that sometimes the youngest people are the most influential because no matter what, you can have so much more influence than another on another person than you think you do. So just for example, this isn't from the book or anything, but I think that kids in their families are really influential because no matter what, a lot of kids are just simply so pure and they want the best for everyone and anyone and they're not biased in any way. So it's just really, really interesting to see how much influence a kid can have on their parents, for example, or maybe any younger or older siblings. Just being able to teach someone something, even when you're not recognizing that. So an example from my book is that um, during in the book, there was one of my interviewees who basically saw a woman on the bus and she was crying she was pretty upset and what he did is that he went over and simply held space for her hugged her and I think that simply that one point of like that action really made her life and her day a lot better because normally in life sometimes we think about the most influential people having the biggest impact on others. Maybe that's through changing someone's life trajectory. Maybe that's through impacting hundreds or thousands of people. But something that we can forget is no matter how many people you're impacting, as long as you're able to make their life a little better in one day or in one interaction, that is also powerful. And no matter what, you can't really quantify or compare the influence that someone can have because usually you'll also be impacting people without even recognizing it. If you're walking down the street, for example, and this is an example that I like to use quite a bit, and you smile at someone, or maybe you're walking across the building and you're saying hi to the people in the elevator, then maybe that will make their day a little better and that influence doesn't mean or uh, just because that's that might be comparatively smaller level of influence compared to other larger acts that doesn't mean that it's any less significant or less powerful and that that's to me and oftentimes people think leaders are tough you know they're generals in the military Mm -hmm. or whatever but but to me and you just referenced it to offer acts of compassion and kindness, that's that's leadership in and of itself to make somebody's life a little bit easier. Yeah, definitely. Because leaders, they can be tough. They can be soft. They Being one doesn't mean that they can't yeah. be the other. And there's no proper ratio no. of a 
any trait or quality because everyone is so different but we are all 100 percent leaders in our own way i think ultimately to me that's one thing that I've, i've never really touched on but leaders have big hearts you know, and that's, you can be mm-hmm. the toughest guy in the world. Like we've got a football coach at the University of Georgia where I went, Kirby Smart. You know, they're ranked number one in the nation. He's tough as nails, but I also know he has a very compassionate side to him. Oh, yeah, definitely. Just that mindset of caring about people, caring about others is you simply can't go wrong with that. And I think that enables everyone to be a better version of a leader compared to maybe a past version of a leader from who they are. Because sometimes you can get stuck comparing yourself to others. And although that can be beneficial, if that's pushing you to be a better version of yourself, it can also be detrimental because if you get stuck, if you get lost, if you are confused about how you can continue because you're just so different from what you're seeing, then no. that's not good. But if you're using that as a way to motivate yourself, then that can be beneficial. Of course, it's not always healthy to constantly be comparing yourself to others, but at the same time, there's that fine balance of healthy comparison versus not so healthy comparison figuring that what that balance looks like for you is probably the first step and like one of the more fundamental areas because that way you have that knowledge you know exactly how much is all right and then you can stop yourself from comparing yourself too much to get into that healthy the unhealthy well I, i just think leaders make the people around them better they make their teams better. But I want to get your take on something because I had a podcast guest recently, a good friend of mine named Tara Simpkins. She has three sons, two in their teens and one in his early 20s. But she said she hears some in that generation say, well, the pandemic stole this from me, stole something. It stole my graduation. It stole this or stole that. And she's like, that's not the way that you need to look at it. You need to look at what, you know, opportunities you, for example, you took the opportunity to write a book, but what opportunities, maybe it was spending more time with your family, family, but there were, and I'll get back to the silver lining. It, do you feel like a lot of your generation feels like things were stolen from them or that they really saw the opportunity or a mixture of both? Yeah, that's a good question. I Definitely can't speak for no, everyone in my can. generation. That would be a lot of people. <laughs> but I just like talking from friends and everything. I feel like there's been a spectrum of overall perspectives and responses. There are people who feel like events, like really big milestones have been stolen, stolen from them, which Absolutely. is totally understandable because graduation is a big thing. Prom is a big thing just starting college is such a big milestone and it's not necessarily something that you'll get it's not usually something you'll get in your life ever unless you continue um with higher education with an mba or like grad school on the other hand there are people who recognize that the pandemic has happened and we're still in the midst of it so because of that 
they have been home more and whether that means more family time, less time away from friends, just overall this big shift and change in what our daily life has looked like. No matter what, I think that recognizing that we can't necessarily go back and change the past, but also recognizing our emotions and remembering that, okay, yes, it is okay to be sad about missing graduation in person because that is such a huge event that I worked incredibly hard for. I went through four years of high school or I went through four years of college to be able to graduate in person and I just didn't get that. Not me personally talking, but um, an overall perspective. So recognizing how you feel about that and then moving forward so not getting stuck in um, the emotions of that because otherwise if you're stuck in the past then that's not really helping yourself either because we <laughs> the pandemic started in march of 2020 so it's been almost it's been i think 20, 20 months yeah mm-hmm. so if we do get stuck in the past like acknowledging the past reflecting on the past totally great getting stuck in the past <laughs> not usually as great you are so you're just so being able to wise move forward your years <laughs> but i want to get your perspective on this because i've touched on this i touched on it recently with a recent podcast guest but i feel like the the greatest generation the world war 2 generation you know, and I talk a lot about my dad was 18 years old and flying B-17 bombers and talk about taking a leadership position at a young age. But I feel like your generation has the potential to become the next great generation because that generation became the greatest generation because they had to be, because they were faced with, you know, a world a event unlike any other, a global event. But the same thing here with the pandemic, it's a global event. And it's the first one that your generation has really experienced. But give me your perspective on that. I Because I see people like you. And it, it gives me hope and encouragement. I'm like, I really do think this generation is going to be that next great generation. Yeah. I think that while being so young and having the pandemic impact everything in our daily lives that will definitely impact the rest of our lives and the trajectory of where we are whether that's our perspective our mindset our education our career and sometimes there might be negative impacts just because maybe someone wasn't doing it as well as they usually do in yeah. school because we weren't in person, we were virtual for a very long time. Maybe someone is feeling a little more hesitant to talk to others and to socialize because they're worried about like getting COVID and like getting sick or they just haven't had that interaction and they've gotten used to being more by themselves, which yeah. is not a bad thing, but just something that happens from being in a pandemic for such a long time and no matter what i do think that this experience and these 
continued experiences moving forward will impact who we are fundamentally because it is such a global event and you can't really you can't really think about all of the impacts of covid because there have been so many impacts and there's always going to be more and more um future consequences of it so in terms of my generation being the next best generation i'm not sure if i could objectify best or truly define it but no matter what i do think that we will be an impactful generation hopefully for the better that you will so we're getting down towards them but i did want to ask you out of all the leaders that you interviewed for your book and i know you probably don't want to play favorites i was just going to say what would be one of the most impactful individuals or, or stories that you heard Yeah, and I'm not going to get definitely mad at hard to pick me. a favorite. Because... <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, in total, I had 85 interviewees, and yeah. there's definitely no way of comparing their stories to each other's. But one person who I personally know from school and classes and just overall see her pretty often still today so she's continued to have an impact on my life and I've hopefully continued to have an impact on her life Uh, her name is Ahlam and basically in my book I talk about her story with her name and how a lot of people don't necessarily try to pronounce it the right way and Yes. I think that names overall are so important. The spelling of it, pronunciation, like we touched on the spelling of names earlier before this. And overall, it just, your name is such a big part of your identity. And I think that whenever people take the time, make the effort to make sure that they're pronouncing it the right way and making sure that they're taking the time to remember how to spell it, no matter how often someone will need you or will need to ask you how you pronounce it or how to spell it i think that they'll really appreciate that you're taking the time and energy and overall effort to ask them and to double check because sometimes i feel like we make assumptions and maybe we think oh they're probably fed up with me continuously asking them so i'm just not going to ask but yeah maybe instead check yourself double just ask them, hey, like, how how do you feel about me pronouncing your name correctly or spelling your name correctly? Chances are they'll tell they'll tell you, hey, well, I really last appreciate question. it. One, what puts the biggest smile on your face? <laughs> that, well, that question got a good one, but I know. Oh man. About- <laughs> Yeah, um, definitely dogs, just happy dogs, videos of dogs, pictures of dogs. I think that dogs overall, I am very much a dog person, and recognizing all the joy and the pure happiness that dogs can have is definitely inspiring, and 
no matter what my day is always I made a little that. bit better being a dog lover dog. and a dog owner myself and you've seen the corgis i they put a smile on our face every day and on mm -hmm. so many people so i agree with you on that so my last question where can people find your book yes they can find my book it's again it's called bigger than leadership and uh, if you google it it should pop up on amazon on barnes and noble i believe it's on powell's website too which is pretty cool um, i haven't been to powell's yet personally in oregon but i definitely want to visit sometime because it's such a cool bookstore and overall um yeah, should be, should pop up if you look it up. Um, but it was published in April 2021. So hopefully I, I think it will show up pretty easily. Seen the last book from Brittany Doe. And, but Brittany, it has been an absolute pleasure having you today and catching up with you. You are an awesome young lady and congratulations again on the book. Thank you so much, Deke. Thank you for having me here. And thank you to everyone for listening. Thanks so much. All right. That's all the time we got. Dropping the mic and we are out.